It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to Quantum number 98. Statues being pulled down, people rioting, the whole COVID thing. I've had people just saying to me, what is going on, David? This seems crazy. It's like a collective insanity has gripped the world. Well, Quantum is here to look at some of these issues. And I, I want to begin with, again, with the George Floyd thing and all the protests and so on. And, you know, there are many, many clips, but this one of a police officer explaining in exasperation when he's been criticized for looking at his phone, explaining what he was doing and what his officers generally do. Listen to this. Well, I was on my phone and yes, that's true. I was following developments with a five-year-old little girl sitting on her dad's lap who just got shot in the head by a drive-by shooting. And if some of the people here gave a good goddamn about the victimization of people in this community by crime, I take some of their invective more seriously. The greatest racial disparity in the city of Milwaukee is getting shot and killed. Hello. 80% of my homicide victims every year are African American. 80% of our aggravated assault victims are African American. 80% of our shooting victims who survived their shooting are African American. Now they know all about the last three people that have been killed by the Milwaukee Police Department over the course of the last several years. There's not one of them can name last, one of the last three homicide victims we've had in this city. Now there's room for everybody to participate in fixing this police department and I'm not pretending we're without sin. But this community's at risk all right. And it's not because men and women in blue risk their lives protecting it. It's at risk because we have large numbers of high-capacity, quality firearms in the hands of remorseless criminals who don't care who they shoot. Now, I'm leaving here to go to that scene. Now, if we are concerned that Black Lives Matter, and I'll say it again, just reposting all lives matter is not an answer. There, there are issues with discrimination. There are issues with poverty. There are issues with... Uh, people particularly in the United States, but also elsewhere, but particularly in the United States, and also China, by the way, if you're African. Um, it's ironic that the Chinese are complaining about people being racist when they treat Africans like dirt. But there are issues. Of course, there are issues in the United States with African-Americans. But black lives do matter. And what that policeman was talking about was the fact that his officers, black and white, go around protecting Black lives. And they're the ones who are being abused. They're the ones who are being dissed by politicians. I think the statistic that stunned me the most was about two weeks ago on a Saturday, Chicago had its bloodiest day in 60 years when 18 people were killed. As far as I'm aware, all of them were African-American and most of them were in drive-by shootings. Now, there are issues in the United States with incarceration. There are issues with gun control. But Many, many black lives in America are not safe, not because the police are going around killing people, though that does happen and police who do that need to be dealt with, but because African-Americans are going around killing people. Well, speaking of things that need to be done, of course, 
even with systemic racism and all the other things that are on, guess what? Guess what our white middle class liberals think we should do? Why, if we go around and shout and yell and pull down statues? Here's an extraordinary clip in Canada of someone, listen to this, telling people that they need to go and shout at a statue of Churchill. Let us start a campaign to take down racist, bigoted monuments like that filthy one right around the corner. Damn right! After we finish here, let's rock and scream and yell at that horrible statue, that horrible (laughs) monument. Okay, you got it. Shouting at a statue. It's made of stone. It can't hear you. These people are the intelligentsia of our culture. It is extraordinary. In Bath, Baden-Powell's statue has been removed. Or the demonstrators in London who defaced the statue of Abraham Lincoln in the name of anti-slavery. There's a quote that's been going around, which is true. It's from George Orwell. It's from 1984. I thought of it, and so I'll share it with you as well. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Formula One is all about pressure. This season, everything is different. Where are they going to end? We've got cancel culture. Lewis Hamilton, the racing driver, said that he approved of the toppling of the statue of a slave trader in Bristol and said we should get rid of racist symbols. Lewis Hamilton drives for Mercedes. Mercedes-Benz are the company, a company that was built upon Hitler. They supported the Nazis and Hitler's cars. So if Lewis Hamilton wishes to be consistent, then what Lewis Hamilton will do is stop driving for Mercedes and call for it to be destroyed. Or the Guardian newspapers, which is always so woke and is talking about being in support of the statues being destroyed. The Guardian founder was a supporter of the slave trade and the Confederacy. Should we stop the Guardian? That's maybe not a bad idea. Or here's an even more controversial one. Are we going to destroy buildings that are associated with slave traders? Well, you're going to have fun with Muslims because Mohammed was a slave trader. Should we destroy all mosques? Well, of course not. But that's the logic of the process. But don't ask for any logic in any process. And if you think that there is logic, it just, as I say, it gets worse and worse. This was the one this week. Uh, Listen to this. Recognize this? You go. What shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That's, of course, Gone with the Wind, a film set on a plantation after the Civil War. It's a classic film of all time, and it's been removed from the HBO streaming service due to its depictions of ethnic and racial prejudices. Uh, An HBO spokesperson said, we are going to reintroduce it, but it will come with suitable discussion of its historical contents and a denouncement of these very depictions. So woke, aren't they? 
Another one that amazes me is William Gladstone. Liverpool University have agreed to rename Gladstone Halls. What's next? I think the statue of Cromwell must go. The statue of Charles Darwin will have to go. The statue of Marx will definitely have to go. Alice, we'll just... I mean, is there actually anyone or any building that's going to be left? The pyramids will have to go. The Colosseum will have to go. Uh, on television... Little Britain has gone. Friends will have to go. There are numerous. It's just in madness. Now, we've mentioned several times the censorship of YouTube. And the, this one amazed me. Premier Christianity magazine has been removed from the Google Play Store because of its references to COVID-19. Now, Premier Christianity is a magazine that reports on different issues and it's going to report on COVID. Um, I've spoken about COVID on here. Google said apps referencing COVID-19 or related terms in any form will only be approved for distribution on Google Play if they are published, commissioned or authorised by official government entities or public health organisations. Yeah, like the WHO who told us that we didn't need to wear masks and then said we should wear masks and then said we needed to wear masks and now saying we should wear masks. I'm not sure what their guidance will be tomorrow. But are Google seriously saying Unless it's from a government source, you can't comment on things. It is indeed a brave new world. Now, here's, uh, uh, we'll go back, I want to go back um, to a story we covered before, the Northern Ireland abortion thing, which is ongoing. And listen here to the MP Stella Creasy talking about it, Labour MP. But one of the reasons why this House stood up for the human rights of all women in the United Kingdom was just because it was too difficult didn't mean that their rights should be denied. And devolution does not absolve us of our responsibility to uphold the human rights of every UK citizen. And I respect the argument that the Minister is making as does my daughter, that the human rights are at the heart of all of this and that the role of the Assembly should be to come up with its alternative... Here is a woman standing in Parliament with a baby cooing, because that was what the noise was, her baby cooing, demanding the right to have 100,000 babies killed. It's reckoned that there are 100,000 people alive in Northern Ireland or elsewhere having left who would not have been alive if it wasn't for the Northern Irish abortion laws. The Northern Irish Parliament has, has voted not to have the abortion laws imposed on it by the United Kingdom Parliament. It will be fascinating to see what happens. But, you know, as a friend of mine commented, arguing for abortion while holding a baby, the moral abomination that is modern liberalism. But never mind, where are we getting our morality from? Well, the corporations are going to tell us. Ben and Jerry's have got a fascinating essay. Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. Uh, a fascinating essay where Ben and Jerry's have, by Tom Slater in Spiked, talking about how uh, Ben and Jerry have said they want to dismantle uh, white supremacy, say, to white millionaires. Um, it's a bit like the Oxford students I heard protesting, who are, Oxford students are 90% plus, uh, white, middle-class, well-off people, and they were demanding that a statue of Cecil Rhodes be pulled down. This was their stance against uh, racism, systemic racism, and so on. And I heard one of them arguing that it was only because of money that the university wouldn't do it. 
what I didn't hear from them was two things. I mean, first of all, I didn't hear any logic. But these students, there, there is a, apparently a significant lack of BAME students in Oxford. So if these students really cared about that, why don't they give up their white privilege and why don't some of them resign and let some more BAME students in? Or why don't they give up half of their money to those who are poor and people of color from different countries? Because they're white, middle-class, virtue-signaling people. That's why. Um, I liked what was said about this, in, in what Slater says about this, that it's easy for these students to do that. And, and it's easy for these company like Ben and Jerry's because it doesn't cost them anything. They make money out of virtue signaling. They make money out of having rainbow flags on their products. They make money out of uh, sponsoring awards for whatever particular... They can pay their workers pathetic wages. They're part of the problem. But they see themselves as the solution and it costs them nothing. And that for me is just a huge difficulty. Okay, let's come on to a woman I consider to be one of the bravest women in the world. One of the richest, certainly. I don't envy her that. Um, one of the most talented. A woman who used to go to a cafe that I frequented in Edinburgh, where she sat and she wrote a book that wasn't accepted and wasn't accepted and eventually got accepted. What is it? Listen to this music. Of course, it's Harry Potter and it's J.K. Rowling. Well, J.K. Rowling has been extraordinary. She has stood up for women and particularly on this whole issue of transgender. And she's been accused of being a TERF, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And she's not backed down and good for her. And she's written the most extraordinarily beautiful piece, which is balanced, is fair. It talks about her own experience. It talks about her own abuse and so many different things. And I just want to read you this bit because I just, I was so moved by it all. Um, I just, I love that woman. The last thing I want to say is this. She says, I haven't written this essay in the hope that anybody will get a violin out from me, not even a teeny weeny one. I'm extraordinarily fortunate. I'm a survivor, certainly not a victim. I've only mentioned my past because like every other human being on this planet, I have a complex backstory which shapes my fears, my interests and my opinions. I never forget that inner complexity when I'm creating a fictional character, and I certainly never forget it when it comes to trans people. All I'm asking, all I want, is for similar empathy, similar understanding, to be extended to the many millions of women whose sole crime is wanting their, their concerns to be heard without receiving threats and abuse. You know what she tweeted? that got this abuse, she had said, somebody had been writing about menstruators. And she had said, well, we used to call them something like, was it woman, 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 women, women. And there was this huge backlash, not only women menstruate. Yes, yes, only women menstruate. Only women, men don't understand. Oh dear, it's just incredible. Um, the body shop, by the way, uh, if any of you go to the body shop, please don't boycott them. 
they produced a disgusting product. I, I'm just attacking J.K. Rowling. Just awful. Just absolutely awful. Well, good for her. And um, by the way, the UK National Health Service is really backpedaling now on trans operations and everything else because they're seeing the harm that they're doing. Let's move to something else very quickly. Um, I, I, not because it's not serious, it's very serious. Uh, India and Brazil are fast becoming the new centres for COVID and India in particular with its lack of hospital capacity for the many millions who are being affected. It's it's in incredibly serious. And Brazil now has the highest death rate per day. Oh, Lord have mercy. Not so good, China and India. I mentioned it before, but let's not forget it. The... Uh, potential war between them on their, according to China, 2,000 kilometer border, according to India, 3,488 kilometer border. Um, there are a lot of tensions, a lot of troops being moved up. China is moving up new weaponry. Uh, India and Australia have signed a raft of new agreements. The Chinese are threatening Australia now as well. Uh, it is a slow train coming. Speaking of which, my top 10 albums, this was, or, or that influenced me in no particular order, but this was number five. I'm sure you recognize it. Sometimes, feel so loved down and disgusted. Can't help but wonder, it's happening to my companion. Are they lost or are they found? Have they kind of the cost to take the bring down? All the earthly principles, they're gonna have to abandon. Just an unbelievably brilliant album. There's a slow, there's a slow train coming. It seems to me that the train is speeding up. And then some news from the church in the United States. Um, sad news. Uh, first of all, well, no, I'll, I'll tell you what it is first before we listen to him. Uh, Tim Keller uh, announced that he had a form of pancreatic cancer. Now, I'm praying that he be healed. I've met Tim several times. I regard him as a friend. Uh, one of my favorite photos is of me and him and Alistair Begg uh, having a laugh. Um, he has been a huge influence on my life, a huge influence on my ministry and on many, many others. And I do plead with the Lord that he would preserve him for a while because we're losing a lot of good people from the church and I'm, I'm not sure. I think there is only one Tim Keller, but we pray the Lord would have mercy on his church and spare him for us. And we pray for Tim and Kathy. But here's an example of how he answers things. He's middle of a fairly aggressive questioning about um, homosexuality. And I thought he answered this really, really well. But here's a sample. No, you don't go to hell for being homosexual. But committing homosexual acts will go to, get you to go to hell? No, wait a minute, wait, wait. Right. No, because, you know, so, some people will well, say, no, yeah. well, it's not the homosexuality or being gay, it's being, doing gay stuff. No, That's the problem. No. No, I, first of all, heterosexuality does not get you to heaven. I happen to know this. <laughs> 
so how in the world could homosexuality send you to hell? I just, it, it, and actually, uh, the Bible, listen, this is, this is true. Jesus talks about greed ten times more than he talks about adultery, for example. Now, one of the problems Christians have here is partly, let, let's be nice to Christians, you know when you're committing adultery. I mean, you don't say, oh, you're not my wife. I mean, you know you're committing adultery. <laughs> but, but almost nobody knows when they're greedy. I mean, nobody thinks they're greedy, you know, because everybody is comparing yourself to other people, and so it's a frog in the kettle kind of thing. Uh, however, the fact of the matter is the Bible is much harder on greed materialism, and it's a horrible sin, terrible sin. Well, will greed send you to hell? No. What sends you to hell is self-righteousness, thinking that you can be your own Savior and Lord. What sends you to heaven is getting a connection with Christ because you realize you're a sinner and you, and you, and you need intervention from outside. That's why it's, a, it's very misleading actually to say, even to say homosexuality is a sin because most people, yes, of course homosexuality is a sin because greed is a sin because all kinds of things are sins. But what most Christians mean when they say that, and certainly what non-Christians think they hear when they hear that, is if you're gay, you're going to hell for being gay. It's just not true. Absolutely not true. So then what's... Brilliant. How is homosexual just brilliant. Okay, another bit of good news. This comes... Uh, remember we mentioned the blessing, and the blessing thing has been going around all over the world. Um, I, I love the Australian one, <coughs> but I, I love this one. I think this is my favorite. The, the Irish one. This is how it begins. Be thou my vision O Lord of my heart Not be I'm thankful to Ken who sent it to me. Um, he says that Ireland needs a lot of healing. We in the North think that God worries about borders. We forget that he's colorblind. And I, I think that's a very wise and insightful thing. But I'm going to love you and leave you. Again, thank you to those of you who send me information. Thank you to those of you who support this podcast. Please go to the Podbean fundraiser to do that. Thank you to those of you who sent me constructive criticisms and even those of you who sent me destructive criticisms i try and learn from them all we pray for our world we thank the lord that he is in charge not us we thank the lord that things are not uncertain and i leave you with this from the irish blessing uh just some wonderful stuff if you can go on to youtube and have a look at it it will it will do your soul good and god bless the irish i've, I've got a book by the way that it says how the Irish saved Europe. I've also got one, how the Scots saved Europe or how the Scots saved the world. Um, but I, I, we could do with some good Irish revival and renewal and it's spreading all over the world. God bless Ireland and God bless all of us. See you next week.
go mani and cherna hu, agus go goody she hu. The Lord met the light of his face, and the goodness of his heart to be brecht upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Facă să lumineze fața lui peste Jehova, Cosi fuini alafia.